the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, Mark Cuban sparks a new national anthem controversy, an agreement on health and safety in baseball, what really happened when Kobe's helicopter crashed, and remembering Therese Taylor and Marty Schottenheimer. We'll wrap it up with the new NFL Hall of Fame class and a discussion on Super Bowl 55. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the hometown crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. What's up, everybody? It's Mac. Oh, God, you sound just... It's very down. That was very down, Mac. Dang. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Heather about to live in a snow globe because we're getting like 20 inches of snow. Lewis. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. How are we doing this week, guys? Well, I'm not going to lie, Heather. Uh, I actually miss the snow. Mm. Um, do you want you me know, to send you some? I can send you some. Well, I would. I, you know what? I might as well just. I mean, we're all going to die from COVID anyway. So if someone's wearing a mask, I'm just going to come out and visit you and sit in the driveway. Uh-huh. That's fine. You know? That's no. fine. We shovel it, like, because that would be great. So I can get you know to work. what? I'll do that. I don't, I don't know that your back could do that anymore, Mac. Oh, dude, I can. Dude, bro, I'm what are you talking you. about? He's probably like a bulldozer with it. He probably doesn't yeah. even get his back into it. It's all legs. It's all legs now. Uh, all legs speak. yeah no man I've, I've got my fat ass back in the gym and i'm running and biking and it's nice i feel better although i like I, first things in the morning i'm walking around like i'm 90 but it's it's a good soreness so i'm not going to complain about good for it. you and my beard is looking better than ever so mm. you do have a magnificent beard if i can say Thank so you. myself uh, as soon as it hits gandalf length i'm gonna get a trim so ah oh so you're going that long huh i might as well uh it doesn't look you're, like you're you kind of look a little baby ZZ top. Yeah. Yeah. Right I mean, I, I, yeah, that's how I feel about it right now. But like, mm-hmm. I haven't even gotten another call back about an interview. So I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go full uh, white wizard and see what happens. Well, I mean, to each their own. Yeah. You're just mad because yeah. you can't grow beard like this. Dude. I choose not to. But oh, you couldn't do it anyway. Uh, is, it, is it like dough dirt? It doesn't attach. Like so, so my, mine gets a little scraggly here. I haven't let it go long enough to see if it ever fills out. Um, so is it? It's just it's just real Ohio. Like um, my Ohio. wife also Whoa. doesn't like when I like kissing me when it gets any longer than this. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. I just had a visual of like somebody kissing you and just. Uh. <laughs> enough day timothy i didn't need that right now. i uh i'm waiting for the next iteration of the muppets where they make a likeness of heather and she's one of the or she's buddied up with the two crotchety old bastards up in the uh you know the nice uh, seats waldorf yeah and uh, i think it, it's not hofstetter it's it's stratler stratler yeah okay yeah well you're you're sitting up there with them just talking shit to everybody yeah um, duh yeah that'd be great yeah they can put you in like a nice evening gown. They can sit there in their suits and you can just talk shit to everybody. I mean, I think that's a hit. Now, Jim Henson Company, 
Uh, I would like to be paying a finder's fee for that. And Heather is going to need likeness payment. So uh, if you want to make that happen, we're here. You know where to find us. I mean, you could put you up there, Mac, and nobody would even know the difference whether no. there was a Muppet or not. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> I would just crotchety. The way that beard is going, yeah, they wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah, and I would even put like a little stick on my wrist to make it seem like someone's working my arms. Just, even just, better. You know, That's just so we can have that kind of authentic, you know, authenticity out there. <laughs> what else is new this week? Anything? Uh, no, I'm just reading a lot, man. Getting a lot, you know, uh, writing done. I've sent a couple writing samples in, so hopefully, fingers crossed. So I can't really, can't really complain, man. No. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I've recorded the first two episodes. I'm doing a string of guest appearances on a uh, a good friend of ours at this show, the uh, Boozy Bracketology podcast what the uh, fuck is that I'm sorry. <laughs> so have you ever seen that meme about how somebody's ideal night is like a bunch of friends getting drunk and arguing a bracket over what type of chair is best no, no? so it's 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 basically that meme what they do is when march madness was canceled last year they decided they were going to create their own bracket and just argue it all down to one so they started with like such a podcast for you i swear (laughs) to god so like they've done like the best disney movie or the best sports movie going from 64 all the way down to one that's Um, a lot of work man yeah but it's a lot of fun too and they get drunk while they do it um it's right up sally he would debate my fence post if i'd let him we are recording the best tv show theme song it's cheers what's better than a cheers theme song heather uh, drew carey show no, no absolutely mm-hmm. not Mm-mm. no i'm i'm gonna say the adams family no that's still that is still not better than cheers. no because everybody knows it it's everybody so knows the cheers theme song everybody swear to god this is not that podcast can we please i've got better do? how about everybody. the animaniacs yeah i mean i can see that Everybody knows that mm. one. Even kids. Mm. Yeah. The Muppet Show. I mean, I show. love the show. Oh, now see, that's that's where I would go. See, and this is the Sesame basis Street, of the podcast. Even maybe. Sesame this is Street. the basis of the podcast. Okay, well, well, that's not the basis of this one. So. Well, we just. But that's just, what I've been up to. You just changed okay. the format, Heather. It's it's just like your favorite radio station that went to '90s alternative to horrible like. 80s soft listening okay like, oh god they oh. did 90s alternative song too in a history uh, one uh, yeah no, oh god uh the go. winner was uh spoiler alert uh zombie by the cranberries oh i thought you were gonna say smells like teen spirit so. no they voted that one out early well that's because that oh. one's always like top of the every single fucking list that ever comes out and and, so. and, and it's obvious this group of people has no taste so um, um, don't get me wrong the cranberries were great but they had all of three songs outside of ireland and in europe the rest of their albums were just Ugh. all right now it wasn't banned it was songs. Oh. don't care their whole catalog sucks compared to nirvana's okay i was gonna say i really like their yellow album so i don't want to hear that and you guys have basically done this podcast, so I don't know why you're making fun of me for it. Well, because, uh, Tim, that's what we get paid to do is to make fun of you. You guys are getting paid? I mean, I in 
karmic nice things. That's what we're <laughs> okay. getting right at. Okay. All right. Well, let's dive into tonight's episode and start with some more controversy. Uh, Yay! Yesterday, Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban made headlines when he announced that the team had not been playing the national anthem all season. Now, they had played 14 games at home and only one had fans, so that's probably why he got away with it for this long. Um, But the NBA turned around today and said every NBA team will play the national anthem. A lot of this is stemming from the controversy over whether or not players should be able to kneel. Um, I feel like Mac has a lot of you here. Uh, so let's let's start with that. It's it's horseshit. Like the NBA does not own that team. Right. And and I'm not I'm not going to say I'm a big Mark Cuban fan. I think he's kind of douchey, um, you know, like he's he's inventing the radio again for the third time with that new venture he's doing online. Like, he, OK, whatever. Uh, he's like the eccentric billionaire, but we don't need the fucking national anthem played before our sporting events. Uh, sporting events are not a measure of patriotism. Sporting events aren't, uh, you know, they're not nationalistic. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the NFL, it's not it, the Olympics is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. You know, um, you know, like the, the NFL only started doing it after nine 11, you know, like it's this shit. I, I'm, I'm over with the, you know, this this trope of, well, you know, we, we have to display this. No, we don't. All right. We live in the United States. We, we you know, there is no, uh, you know, whether we like it or not, we're, we're here and we, we there's, the U.S. is problematic is what I'm trying to say. Right. <laughs> we don't need to have the national anthem play beforehand. That's not what those players are out there to do. Like Heather said, this is not the fucking Olympic. Right. We're, we're not here to rep- they're, they're not here representing the United States. In Dallas, they're representing the Mavericks, um, you know, and in Detroit, they're representing the Pistons. And in L.A., they're, you know, they've got two teams, you know, they represent the Clippers and the Lakers. So, like, it, fuck, it, I think it's it's horrible that a man I used to think so highly of uh, and Adam Silver has now shown that he's truly a fascist who wants to knuckle all the NBA team governors under uh, and tow the party line. And let's face it, why is he doing that? It's fucking money. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate here for a second. Um, Last season, when the controversy once again bubbled up about players kneeling for the national anthem, the solution from a lot of the uh, so-called fans who, you know, threatened to never watch another game, but we all know that they're still watching, still listening to shows, still whatever, uh, was, well, if they're going to kneel, maybe they should just not play the national anthem. And it was, it was a threat by those types of people to essentially deplatform their uh, ability to protest. It, it was those people, like you said, they're, they're not going to fall through on that. If they would have stopped playing the national anthem, they would have bitched about it then. I mean, honestly, if you feel the need to to kneel and they're not going to play the national anthem, don't come out. Like when they're doing the, the roster calls, stay there. Uh, then, you know, wait a certain amount of time. That's a good protest as well. Um, I'm going to support a protesting player no matter what. Uh, right. That's that's their fucking right. So I'm going to guess that you feel the same way, obviously. And I'm not like saying this like to call you out. I'm just just drawing a correlation that you feel the same way about like the whole like Pledge of Allegiance every day in class. like. I of it being shit. redundant and unnecessary. Absolutely. 
Okay. Um, and so, well, my take on it, whenever we were talking about it last night in the chat, was I looked at it as more of a, clearly the anthem is a hot button issue for a lot of people. And so I think maybe in his mind, he was thinking, okay, well, if I take that hot button away, that's less um, negativity that's, that's coming out. Right. So, but I do see, I do see what Tim was saying of, of it almost being a little deplatforming because it's taking away um, their, their main like stage to, to be able to do the protest or whatever. So I see that to an extent. Um, but I, for me, I think it was just more along the lines of, okay, there's a lot of negativity that comes with this. So let's take that negativity out and just get to the game and just have it be about the game, and, and which is not exactly a bad thing, I think. But again, I can see it from your side too. But I did want to mention though, what Cuban has actually said, which was, he said that we respect and always have respected the passion people have for the anthem and our country. But we also loudly hear the voices of those who feel that the anthem doesn't represent them. We feel that their voices need to be respected and heard because they haven't been. So that's his, that's been his stance on it. And he's been supportive of it. And he said, you know, I hope to be out there with them, you know, when they do it. Um, But also too, I'm like silver really, I mean, the players are supposed to be in the rules the players are supposed to be standing for the anthem, but Silver hasn't been enforcing that. So I think Cuban, in a way, has taken a mile from being given that inch because he was like, well, if he's not going to enforce the standing, well, he's probably not going to enforce the anthem even being played at all. And, so. and, don't, and don't get me wrong. If if I, I don't think that the national anthem should necessarily be played at games. Um, I'm, I'm kind of along the same lines as you guys. I'm not a forced patriotism type of guy. However, this was a, a staple of the games for the last, at least however many years. Uh, I don't know the history of the NBA and the national anthem, so I don't know how long it's been going on. And it was an opportunity that had been used by players to protest the social injustice. And then it was suggested by the the well, we'll call it what it is, the right wing nationalists as a as not playing it as a way to deplatform them. So if Cuban had come out and said, you know what, we are not playing the national anthem because we are doing it in protest of the social injustice rather than them kneeling. We're going to protest all at once as a team and just not have it because we don't agree with it right now. I'd be for that. But that's not what happened. So it kind of got interpreted, especially to me, as Cuban was kind of giving in to these people who were like, well, if uh, players are going to kneel for the national anthem, I'm not going to watch. And it, it just it just it rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, but I mean. I think Cuban, it leaves a lot of room of in, to interpretation. Yeah. But I mean, Cuban pissed so. off the Fox. You know, I was at the gym this morning and of course, Fox News was on, you know, the TVs and you that douchebag Kilmeade is, is complaining about Cuban's arc on where originally when all this started, he was not on board with me. Um, but then after speaking to his players and other people, he did get on board uh, because, you know, you can't evolve as a person. Um, 
And some of us. Yeah. And, and that's what Cuban did. And he, I think he's doing the right thing if he's pissing off Fox News, honestly. But that's just me, and that's not the official stance of the Hometown Crowd podcast. Um, but, I, you know. But I in mean, Minecraft, it might be. In Minecraft, yes. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just – I for me, Cuban's got the right idea. This is the way the NBA should be. There, This is the way all pro sports should be. There should be no anthems played at the beginning. Of this. These are fucking sporting events. Um, and if you really – you know, want to be a, a, a fucking right wing chud and come at me. Okay. I'm going to posit this. Do you do the fucking national anthem? Uh, you know, would you go into work every day? No. Well then shut the fuck up. Do you All right. The pledge every day. You know? Like, come on, dude, like get, get over yourselves. These, these are employees. All right. And if you're not fucking doing it at your nine to five, they don't need to be doing it either. Yeah. And, and like I said, I don't think it should be at the games. But it was the staple. It was part of the the ceremony of sports games. And it has been for at least, you know, the last going on 20 years. Um, so if you're going to do it, do it for a reason and don't make it seem like you're giving in to the right wingers. Do there it as a, there wasn't a reason for it anyway. But again, pull it because you're protesting as a team rather than kneeling for the national anthem. We're not going to have the national anthem. Just pull it because you don't need it. There's, there should be no reason that you have to pull it. There's no reason for it to be out there anyway. All right. Like Cubans already said, I support my players and in their endeavors to highlight social justice. Um, You don't need to kneel at the, uh, you know, to have the ability to kneel because they're going to do, they're going to protest in other ways. They wear, uh, you know, t-shirts and warmups. They write it on their sneakers. They're going to find a way to do it because these are smart men that know how to highlight the injustices that a lot of, you know, a a large portion of the U.S. population faces. Right. Like you don't have to have a fucking song. There's a lot other a lot more ways to to protest. Fuck the national anthem. I'm sorry. I just. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I said it like there's no feeling about it. There's no reason to have it played at sporting events. There's no reason to have it played anywhere outside of like a. You know, if if you want to play it, uh, every every fucking summer, I was one of those assholes that stood on Pike Field for pass and review. Play it there, okay? Like play it at some shit, some military shit, but don't subject it, uh, you know, regular people to it. That's all I'm saying. And again, oh. that's my personal feelings. That's not the official stance of the podcast. Well, I, clearly you feel the same way about that as uh, Chris Beard did uh, last night uh, for Texas Tech and his game and how he threw a tantrum <laughs> and got ejected. So I feel I, like I, that's you. I don't know. I don't know who Chris Beard is. Oh, he's so. the head. He's the head coach for the Texas Tech men's oh, basketball team. He threw a huge temper Ma- tantrum. Like really? we're talking. About what? We're talking. Uh, we're talking. On the floor. He got on the floor and was like banging his fists nice. for arguing with the ref. I mean, I'm always going to like, I'm not going to get in a ref's face because I always feel bad because it's like yelling at the person that takes your order at a restaurant. Like they're just doing their job, man. Leave them the fuck alone. Um, but I mean, I, if given the pulpit, I will pull a Khrushchev and bang my shoe on the podium. I will do that. Okay, well, like I I said, I just I felt like that was worth noting since we were in the basketball realm. And I saw that this morning on my Twitter feed. And I was like, that is a grown man throwing a tantrum. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not a big tantrum thrower, though. Uh, Like this is this is a temper tantrum on the level of getting ejected while you're getting ejected. 
type yeah. level. This is this is a this is a John McEnroe type tantrum that this man threw. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah Heather, I'm objected for. I, you, you know, I'm not that person, right? I'm not I'm not the person to throw a fit like that. I just I have a big mouth, you know. Um, well, you know what? Sometimes maybe you know what? Just every once in a while, just throw a tantrum out. See how it goes. I, I don't know if I want to do that though. Uh, you know, I. I mean, maybe 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 something in my life will happen where I just I I'm gonna feel the need to go all out and start banging on the floor and you know may, I don't know what else Chris Beard did maybe he threw like a Gatorade bottle or something but I mean I I might I mean I might do Billy Martin might just kick some you know dirt on their shoes pick up third base throw it I don't know like that's a great thing I'll be for you this year I can just do whatever the fuck I want because it's my midlife crisis you know jumping into our next topic major league baseball and the players association agreed to health and safety protocols this week the agreement keeps the seven inning double headers and the runner on second rule for extra innings uh they the players did reject the universal dh but position players will be allowed to pitch if needed in any inning uh players and staff will be tested at least every other day with a minimum of 10 day quarantine. If a positive test occurs. Yeah. Well, they fucked up not doing the universal DH. There's only like four, there's only four pitchers that actually know how to hit now. So I, I, I hate watching them go up and flail uh, like Bartolo Cologne, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I really think they should shorten the season. I mean, that's just me, you know, I know you're going to lose a little bit of revenue, but isn't playing like 150 games better than playing the however many they played last year? Um, yeah, it was like 60 plus playoff. Yeah. You know, like I, I just think that shorten the season, you know, uh, do a much better job of um, uh, testing, you know, and find a way to, I don't, I don't know, you can't really bubble, but maybe you could limit, like do like a temp bubble for like a three game series or some shit like that, you know? Yeah, it'd be really hard. Like the only way that you could theoretically bubble is to do like all of your games against one opponent in a row. Yeah. Well, and then like, maybe like you go to their stadium and do the same thing. Like that's the only way you'd yeah. be able to do it because it's like, an, it's entirely too many teams and games and all of mm-hmm. that. So you can't do like otherwise it would have to be at the spring training sites. Um well, I mean, and, we all know that the Major League Baseball is going to end up canceling a shit ton of games again because, uh, you know, you have governors like Mike DeWine in Ohio that just told the Cavs, yeah, you could have 2,500 people inside Quicken Loans. What do you think he's going to do in an open-air stadium? Yeah, 15,000. Oh, it's outside. It's not outside. a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. It's outdoor seating, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> well, we just had, what, 25,000 at the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe the number will be below that because Ohio's smarter than Florida, but not much. No, they're not. Don't ever <laughs> say that again. <laughs> well, that wasn't the only thing that the MLB updated. Also, yes, yes. Let's yes. hear. It. Let's they hear it. Uh, they uh, they also updated its 1934 code of conduct uh, pertaining to harassment and discrimination. Wait, hold on. Before you start. 1934 is that is that the last time they updated the code of conduct no i'm i'm pretty sure that's the last time it was updated oh okay 
I, I given, feel like I feel Heather's right. The, uh, <laughs> given, given, given the like last that's not official. That's just you putting 1934. Mm, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah, I mean that no. would be appropriate. But I wow. mean, I mean, given the last couple of months, I mean, clearly that's obviously when it was. Um, and they've also established an anonymous tip line, which crashed in its first hour of operation. Um, it will be operated by an outside third party Good. investigated by either the relevant team or the commissioner's office, depending on the nature of the allegations, bad, um, bad. which I feel like, nope, it's just going to get a nice big team blanket thrown on top of it. And they're just going to pretend it's not there. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if they can hire a third party to do the, the tip line, why can't you hire a third party to conduct the investigation. I mm, uh, all teams will also be required to undergo anti-harassment and discrimination training by the end of March, uh, where before it has only been required once every three years. And so now it's going to be a yearly thing. So well, I mean, I mean progress. Yeah, it's definitely progress. So um, we shall it see. It might be. How often were we required to do sexual harassment training in the army? Was it uh, annually or six months? It was every six months until like 2014. And then it was quarterly. OK. OK. I got out before then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like given recent events, it should be at least that frequent. Dude. Bare minimum. Yeah, like, like like do it preseason and like at the all star break at a minimum. Yeah, and then if you got a team that's a, like a habitual offender, you have like a a mandatory a, training. Well, not even not even a training. You have like someone attached to your team at all times to ensure that they're being compliant with the the anti harassment uh, uh, parts of the code of conduct, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not saying like they go to the player's house you know what i mean like i'm not saying they follow them around like you have like 20 like a one-on-one type thing but you have someone there that ensures compliance uh yeah. and that some asshole's not sending unwarranted dick pics to reporters or mm-hmm. you know things like that well um, and i should also mention that about it crashing in the first hour that was also a joke that wasn't real i know it came off as okay. a joke and i'm really glad that you guys took it seriously and thought it was because that's great that means that's a well-written joke um but yeah <laughs> so i'm pretty sure that that's well, I mean, honestly, Heather, I would not be surprised if it I wouldn't be surprised. It's completely in the, in the realm of possibility. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. I so, mean, yeah. I, so again, I mean, I'm just saying progress, guy, question mark. If a guy like Mickey Calloway and we've all seen the pictures of him uh, is, Unfortunately. is yeah, is doing what he did. Uh, imagine what some of the other assholes who actually are important uh compared to mickey calloway uh, you know what they're doing so yeah, yeah. um so well um, good on major league baseball for recognizing that they have a problem and doing something yeah, so yeah. We, yay we can, baseball we can title yay. this this segment progress <laughs> question mark yeah that's the name of the episode yeah <laughs> too little too late getting there but i'm still a fan of progress question mark yeah maybe we just stick with too little and it's a double entendre 
Oh, <laughs> that's my vote. Yeah, that one. That's, definitely, that's, definitely. that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> um, well, keeping it going with the happy, happy episode, the National Transportation <laughs> Safety Board finally released the results of their investigation into what happened in the helicopter crash that took the lives of Kobe and Gianna Bryant, as well as seven others uh, last January. The investigative team determined that the pilot flew into, quote, Marginal conditions, which resulted in spatial disorientation and loss of control, end quote. So basically, they chalked it up to pilot error. Yeah. All I know is I was in multiple combat theaters. uh, And even flights there got canceled. So what the fuck was a civilian pilot doing in the air that day? Well, so from what I from what I read from it, because I read. I read the report um, that basically what the NTSB came out and said was that the pilot had violated federal rules by flying into the clouds where obviously where he became disoriented or whatever. Well, that's a federal rule. You cannot do that. You are not allowed to do that for these reasons. Um, And they think that his decision was based mostly on self-induced pressure to complete the trip because he had worked with Kobe so many times before and they had this, you know, kind of relationship that he probably felt like, you know what, you know, this is Kobe, we're good, you know, I I really want to get this trip going for him. Um, So, yeah, so a lot of that was self-induced pressure and I get it. I mean, I'm awful about that, but Mine is also not a life or death situation. Usually it's usually yeah. because I'm, I'm role playing in a training session and I can't, you know, chill myself out. You know, um, the, uh, the board also faulted what they said was a lack of oversight and review by the pilot's charter company, which was islands express helicopters. Um, and so, yeah, but the, the pilot, he got so disoriented that he tried to punch up above the clouds and he indicated to air traffic that he was trying to climb, but he was actually turning left and beginning a rapid descent. So he was all kinds of confused once he got in the clouds because you can't, you can't see the horizon. So you can't, you don't know where it is you don't know which way is up which way is down what's right or left um and so the weather another big thing was the weather did not sneak up on him you know it was kind of forecasted that the weather wasn't going to be that great um they also found that when he was in his distress that he didn't use his instruments he didn't understand them and or he didn't trust them. Oh. And so, of course, there was there's no black box because they're not required to have one. So they don't know exactly what was said or or if there's any like, you know, there's no footage or anything like that. So there's nothing to recover. There was no evidence of engine failure um, with it. And the night before he had written a text saying that the conditions look to be not the best. But after waking up the next morning, he wrote another one that said it was looking okay. It was not. It was not okay. And so, yeah, so that, I mean, that's essentially what happened is he thought he was trying to go above the clouds, 
but in actuality, he was turning and going down. Mm. So, yeah, it's just sad. It's really sad because it was completely unavoidable. Like all he had to do really was there was an airport like two minutes away. And all he had to do was land there and they could have gotten another route. All he had to do was just say no. Yeah. Or not even take off that day. Yeah. Yeah. Like Kobe, love you, dude, but go fuck yourself. I'm not flying in this shit. You know, like it's okay to say that. Yeah. Um, you know, but you're absolutely right. That's a, it was a horrible tragedy. Like I, I, I don't want to see anybody die that way. That's fucking yeah. awful. You know. Exactly. So, like I said, I don't want to throw. I don't want to fling a lot of shit on the pilot. You know. You know he he felt confident enough in his abilities that he thought he could do it. And based on the relationship he had with Kobe, you know, he felt. I don't want to say emboldened, but maybe just a little validated by that because they had worked so much and he just felt confident that he could do it. And he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We also want to send our condolences to the Yahoo Sports family as Therese Paler, a senior NFL writer for the site, died unexpectedly on Tuesday at the age of 37. Uh, Paler was a graduate of Howard University and covered the Kansas City Chiefs before taking the position with Yahoo. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's the second sports journalist to die in a week that, you know, Pedro Gomez died as well. Yeah. uh, From ESPN. So, I mean, it's that does suck, Uh, especially at that age. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine. That's my age. (laughs) I'm 37. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine what his family's going through. Uh, I I hate that they have a hole that they, you know, they're never going to be able to fill. Um, You know, I just. You know, like Tim said, uh, condolences out there to your family, man. Yeah. Uh, And one last bit of sad news. Marty Schottenheimer, the former head coach of the Chiefs, Browns, Chargers and Washington football team, died this week at the age of 77 after a battle with Alzheimer's. Schottenheimer had a regular season winning percentage of 617, but struggled to a playoff percentage of 278. He's the only coach to have 200 regular season wins and not be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, you forgot a very important resume uh, bullet is he did coach in the United Football League as well. He did. Um, he did. He did. Uh, but no, I mean, he he was uh, he was a fixture in Cleveland uh, and he honestly never should have been fired uh, as head yeah. coach of the Browns. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, dude. The guy the guy was a very successful head coach uh, in the regular season. And that dude could not win a fucking playoff game to save his life. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know what happened to his teams. It's just like, the, I mean, we all know what happened with the Browns. Uh, you know, he, he, you have two game, you know, two plays that have the in front of it uh, that kind of shaped uh, and, and set the tone for his playoff, uh, you know, su- success or lack thereof. Um, but yeah, it, it is Alzheimer's, a, you know, it's a horrible, uh, disease that ravages the brain. Um, you know, and, uh, at least his family was there, you know, to, to, to be with him. Um, you know, and, and who knows, like, I've got a lot to say about the, the hall of fame. So, I mean, Schottenheimer should, should be in there. Uh, 200 wins is not an easy thing to do in the NFL as a head coach. So, yeah, I mean, that's all, that's a lot of wins and, for 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 a season, you know that I mean, back when he was coaching, it was what fourteen game seasons? 
No, he was playing in. He was coaching. Was the 16s? I, I can never remember when they changed from 14 to 16, but it, it was yeah. late 70s, early eight, late 70s, I believe, early 80s. Yeah, even still, 16 games. You figure you have to get 10 games or 10 wins a season for 20 years to get that. Yeah, that's a lot of wins. Yeah, you know he's he was a, he's a good fucking football coach, man. Um. On to happier news. Uh, we're, we're, finally out of, we're finally out of the depression in the middle of this episode. Uh, the NFL announced this year's Hall of Fame class. Uh, headlining the class of eight are Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, and Charles Woodson. Yeah, um, this is a good class, right? Uh, you know, Tom Flores finally made it in. John Lynch, uh, you know, very well-known safety uh, played a lot of years for the Buccaneers ended up, you know, playing with the uh, Broncos. Um, but you know, who's not on this list that should be uh, a gentleman. Marty Schottenheimer. Of, well, Marty Schottenheimer <laughs> and a gentleman by the name of Clay Matthews. Oh, uh, I was going to say, I found a list of five players that people feel were snubbed. Throw them out there, Heather. Let's hear it. And Mr. Clay Matthews is number three on that list. Yeah, fifth all-time in tackles. Fifth all-time in tackles and, and see, not in and, fucking... And I really ball. feel like CBS Sports did a goof up in on his years active because they have him as years active of 1978 to 1996. Yeah, that's right. 78? Yeah. That's 18 years. Oh, okay. I didn't think he played like that long but okay yep. okay i stand corrected excuse me dang yeah he played um, he played about 16 16 years in cleveland and spent his last two years in atlanta okay well um so also on the list is tony baselli uh I, I got some feelings about him but go on okay uh zach thomas uh, that uh, again, I didn't make this list. Okay, yeah. I'm just reading it. I'm no, just the messenger. Th- okay. Those are those are good. Those are good uh, debate. You know, like okay, uh, Reggie Wayne and Sam Mills. Oh, dude, Sam Mills should fucking be in there. You want to know why he's not in there? Because he played his first three years in the USFL. That's why. Mm. Yeah. So, yep. Those are those are the the most popular snubs. Yeah. Of the I mean, Hall of Fame. It, it's it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh. But they right. don't. And USFL don't, is professional football. Yeah, and so is Canadian. You know, so is the CFL. Right. But, you know, they don't. So like is the play. XFL and the AAF. Those yeah. should count. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, I no nobody that played in the XFL or the AAF is going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All right, that's not going to happen. Uh, but we have people that played in Canada that are in the hall. You know, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, Warren Moon got his start there. Um, you know, Sam Mills played for, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he played for Jim Mora in the USFL and then played for him in New Orleans uh, before mm-hmm. he finished up in Carolina. You know, yep, and, but, because he was but, a member of the inaugural Carolina team. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mighty Mouse, you know, he was he was undersized and that's why he didn't get signed you know, to an NFL contract. And he just balled out in the USFL uh, like Baselli, Like, dude, he was he was a fucking just a mammoth at left tackle. But. Like he, his last three years in the league, he didn't play, mm-hmm. you know, because he he had shoulder injuries um, like Zach Thomas. I don't know, man, like he he racked up a lot of tackles. But would I call him a, a game like changer? Not really. Um, Reggie Wayne, I, I think he, you know, he benefited from playing on the other side of uh, uh, Marvin Harrison. 
and having Kate Manning throwing to him. Well, it, uh, the way they worded it was that he was unfairly cast as the Robin to Marvin Harrison's yeah. Batman. <laughs> I mean, he still had a ridiculously uh, a successful career. Um, I mean, he like, was a six-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, and he did I mean, go he was, to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, he's he was a. I mean, I was I was pumped when the Pat signed him, and then he was like, "Yeah, I don't like this. So I'm going to retire." Um, yeah. <laughs> like he made it through like a week of summer practices. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like the. The, the class that they brought in i just i think clay matthew should have been on it yeah absolutely you know, um go ahead I, I because i think this is clay's last year and then it goes to like a like some other kind of committee for him to get in right you know and again he's fifth all time in tackles and he hasn't played since 96 yeah that should you know, that should tell you something well looking ahead at next year's first ballot or first ele- first year eligibles uh you've got Anquan Bolden, Ch- Chad Greenway, Andre Johnson, Mario Williams, Tony Romo, Robert Mathis, Steve Smith, DeMarcus Ware and Vince Wilfork. I- well, well we we all know that Tony Romo won't be there because of a back injury. So. <laughs> I he mean, won't do, be able to make it. He won't be able to make it. Do any of those guys like strike you as Hall of Famers? Oh, Maybe where? Marcus Ware? Yeah. I don't, where does he stack up all time in sacks? Uh, give me you a know? second. I'll have it pulled hold up. Hold hey, Siri. <laughs> where does DeMarcus Ware stack up as receiver? Ooh, uh, he's number nine. I'm Denver Broncos in the NFL. Between two thousand one hundred and thirty-eight and a half. He's right behind uh, Terrell Suggs and Jason Taylor. Well, I mean Taylor made it, so uh, so why not? Yeah, I just man, like for me, like when I think Pro Football Hall of Fame, I'm thinking like some real game changers, and that like where had a couple seasons like that, but. You know what? But yeah, I mean, if, if Jason Taylor made it in, yeah, yeah, if Jason Taylor Steve made Smith? it in, you could put. Oh yeah, I think Steve Smith, Smith definitely. Um, he was a game changer. He's a first uh, ballot next year. He just he just played on some bad Carolina Panthers teams. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, but it, like Anquan Bolden was steady, but was he a game changer? No, you know, maybe I, Andre Johnson eventually. Yeah, I think he I don't think he makes it in first ballot, but he could maybe make it in later on. Uh, I mean, he did make the the whole AFC South tour where he played for every team in the division at one point. Tony Romo is not going to. I don't think Chad Greenway's going to. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he played really played long enough. Uh, you know, uh, he was a he was a middle linebacker. Ten years in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, Mario Williams, Robert Mathis. I mean, Vince both could pass. Wolfork. Both could pass rushers. I mean, for me, Vince Wolfork, he played. Def, you know, he played nose tackle. So, like, I don't know how statistically they could put him in there. If like, unless you count like Super Bowl rings, maybe I don't know. I don't well, know, and that's just a product of a lot. Uh, hey, listen, Vince has a career that I would have gladly gained 600 pounds to, to replicate. All right. Like he, he's got all the rings played a long time. Um, and it, you know, he was, he, he was really good. You know, he was an amazing nose tackle. He, there was no way a man, his size should be able to move as quick as he did. Uh, and I was crushed when new England moved, you know, moved on from him and he went to go play in Houston. I was just like, fuck man sucks. <laughs> 
Well, let's move on to the big topic of the week. Uh, there no. was a there yeah. was a little game this weekend, and it was kind of a snooze fest. Kind of. Uh, I'll say kind of. There was a lot of intrigue surrounding the game, but it what? kind of fell flat. What intrigue? There, there was, there was no intrigue. Eric there was, Fisher. There was no, did, were we watching the same game? In yeah, the Eric, build up to, in the build up to. No, no, the minute they said Eric Fisher wasn't playing in the Super Bowl, I knew Patrick Mahomes was going to have issues. But I figured maybe the rest of the offensive line will come together and actually block. Mm, no, but but no, once they, were City, oh, they were quite oh, porous. They were quite porous. Well, yeah, the this, Tampa- is, this is actually in my notes. I have it in all. All caps, all caps. It says the horseshit bowl. That's what this is. <laughs> That's what yeah. I've called it. So the they, Tampa, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the new Super Bowl champions, defeating the Kansas City Chiefs thirty-one to nine. Tom Brady earns his seventh Super Bowl trophy, more than any other team in history. I and swear to God, I hope fifth, there's a documentary that comes out and he talks about doping and he loses all of it. That's what I'm and his fifth Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was harassed all night, being pressured on more than half of his passing attempts. And Brady was 21 of 29 for 201 yards and three touchdowns, including two to tight end Rob Gronkowski and one to Antonio Brown. Yeah, uh, notice both former Patriots. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I yeah because the Bucks defense was just relentless. All was Antonio Brown around long enough to be called a former Patriot? He had a hundred yard game and two touchdowns. A hundred hundred yards and two touchdowns in one game before they cut him. They they the Bucks offense played like the Patriots over the last twenty years, over the last two decades. That's how that's how they played. I mean, they, they, honestly, the MVP should have been just the Bucks defense, right? Like that, it should have mm-hmm. been like a collective award. Because they played great football. They harassed Mahomes all night. Um, Kelsey couldn't do anything. No. Could do nothing. No. And then when he, was catch, when he was catching passes, it's when, you know, Tampa essentially went to like a really soft prevent. And then they just gave him the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, they did, uh, you know, Ant- Antoine Winfield Jr. did a great job of, you know, jamming uh, Tyreek Hill that, you know, he wasn't even a factor. Um you know, it just it all goes back to offensive line play. You know, like you know, like Tim, you pointed out. I mean, more than half of his dropbacks, he was pressured. And then, like somebody, like I don't know, maybe it was like Amazon Web Services or you know, one of those statistician groups of nerds was like he scrambled for like two hundred total yards. Oh no, was like, no, or, no, he scrambled for a lot more than that. Okay, well, I mean, it was four hundred and ninety-seven yards. Jesus Christ! Now listen, no, no, let me tell you who should have won the mvp gronk todd bowles yeah defensive coordinator definitely todd bowles Mm -hmm. because he held mahomes to what is arguably one of his worst games in pro football yeah Uh, that's the mvp one of his worst games on the biggest stage (laughs) exactly you know i mean and then kansas city's not known for their defensive prowess um but we all know Leonard Fournette's very talented, right? Like, I, I don't think. Yeah. That's I mean, I've been new. I've been yeah. new. So, but he's yeah. also he's also what you would call a lazy fuck as well, which is how he got well, his yes. ass bounced out of Jacksonville. Uh, yes. And he ends up in yes. Tampa where, you know, he didn't really crack open the playbook till about midseason. And then they leaned on him heavily in the playoffs. And 
that adds a whole other facet to that offense. Yeah, he stood uh, up. Yeah, because Fournette, Fournette could break off the big run, but Ronald mm-hmm. Jones cannot. Ronald Jones, like, he's had a couple good games here and there, but, like, for his career, I think he averages under four yards a carry. Where Fournette, you know, once you get him in the groove and he knows the actual fucking playbook, that's it, that's a whole other. Uh, he's gone. He's gone yeah. to the races. Yeah. yeah. Fournette oh, yeah. had 16 carries for 89 yards and one touchdown. Yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah that, he's... That's a good night's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I will say, though, Mahomes had some of the most impressive passes I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. And they ever. all fell to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was that whole like set of downs where it was like he's going down, he's going down. How the fuck did he just launch it like fifteen yards? Mah- yeah. Mahomes was the only like, Kansas City Chief who showed up to play the Super Bowl. God, he did. Oh my, um, yeah. He, I'm oh, sorry. No, no. I'll I, argue. I'll argue. Tyran Matthew did too. He, he no. He showed up to play the first half of the Super Bowl, and then Brady cussed him out, and he. Tuck tail oh. and ram. Oh yeah, let's yeah, let's get into uh, but that. Before, before I have clearly get to that, feelings before, about it, and I'm before pissed. we get, before we get to that, Patrick Mahomes laid out in a horizontal position. Oh, I saw it over saw the it. ground, three yeah. feet above the ground, through a dead a, center, a, a, yeah. a, a wired pass, hit the guy in the face mask with the yep. pass mm-hmm. in the end zone. That is a game-changing play that might have given Kansas City hope. Yeah. And you, but again, they were all over Kelsey. That he wasn't going to get it. He was never going to get it, that pass. It hit him in it. the face mask. I got, I got you, but still, it like got just, to him. I, I'm with Heather on this. He he might have caught that ball, but you know what? Kansas City wasn't climbing out of that hole, man. No, um, and we're not even going to talk about the special teams gaffes that they had the entire game. Yeah, specifically I, when Hamilton lined up on offsides mm-hmm. <laughs> on the fourth and five, and essentially gifted Tampa four points. Yeah, like, I, I, I think we could all agree that the officiating sucked, but goddamn, Kansas City defensive backs, including oh, your boy Matthew, that too. Uh, all hold like literally could be called for pass interference every fucking play. Like that game uh, could still be going on because of all the stop clocks that they had yeah. actually called everything. Jesus. The Chiefs had eight penalties for 98 yards just in the first half. Oh, I was going to say, that's it? Just in the first half. No, that was in the first half. They wound up cleaning up their shit a little bit in the second. So they only mm-hmm. ended the game with 11 penalties mm-hmm. for 120 yards. Yeah, I mean that that's crazy though. And like again, I you know, I, I feel that the refs threw a lot of flags. Oh, but I also yeah. saw a lot of Kansas City defensive backs bear hugging Tampa receivers downfield. You know, it was Yep. Okay. Okay. I, I will They could have admit, definitely called a lot more penalty. Yeah. I will admit that the Chiefs had a lot of self-inflicted penalties on them. I will admit that. Okay. I will. But including the defensive holding one that wiped out Matthew's interception. I, I understand it. Okay. I do. But one of the penalties against Matthew, when he was getting in Tom's face, unnecessary, that was bullshit. And you, and I don't care what either of you two say, because right. Matthew had made contact with Evans in the prior play. Right. 
And so that drew a defensive pass interference. Flag. I got you. I understand. I see that. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that one. Then in the next play, when Brady threw the touchdown pass to Hamilton and, and, you know, and, and he did, you know, the, it was almost like a kind of like a bear hug from behind. It looked like he was kind of flipping him or whatever. Brady chased Matthew down to get in his face about it. And then Matthew starts, you know, clapping back at him and just happens to put his finger in his face, but he gets the flag. No, Brady antagonized that. Brady should have gotten the flag. Okay. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You are a mother, right? Which kid do you yell at? The one that antagonizes or the one that fights back? No, both of them are getting hollered at, but I'm going (laughs) to find the one who started it. And that one's going to get the loudest. The blame always goes on the one that retaliates. Yeah. Especially when he started it, but still it was, it was princess Brady the whole night. It was Princess uh, I, Brady the whole night. Number 12 uh, is an elder statesman in the league. Uh, and and you could equate him to the preferential treatment Michael Jordan got throughout his years. Um, that's just how it is. It's how it's well, always going to be. Well, I will just say that I agreed with Boomer and Nate when they said that the refs were being a little too involved and that there was a really heavy imbalance. Yeah. In the penalties aside, Kansas City still failed to reach the end zone. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. But I did. I did. Their entire quote amounted to three field goals. I got you. I know. I know they didn't. They did not show up to play. I got penalties aside. The offensive line still allowed Kansas City Patrick Mahomes to get harassed on over 50% of his dropbacks. That's not the refs. It started getting to a point where it was looking like anytime the Chiefs touched a Buccaneer, it's a it's an Olympic floor routine. Kansas City still allowed their star quarterback to get harassed on more than half of their his dropbacks in a year where the NFL told refs, hey, lighten up on holding penalties. They could have gotten away with a lot more holding because the refs weren't calling that as much this season. It is a documented fact. Holding penalties dropped 40 percent this year. Well, I still think it was horseshit. So. Well, I think the biggest you're, piece you're of entitled to your wrong opinion, and that's fine. So <laughs> the biggest piece of horseshit was Andy Reid and his staff making zero adjustments at halftime. Uh, they yeah. went out there and did the same thing that they did in the first half, uh, which didn't work at all. Um, and we're like, hey, let's try it again. Let's run this one back. Maybe it'll work. No, no. I, I mean, I mean, that's not Andy Reid's biggest mistake this week, but we're not ready to talk about that one. Ooh. Or are we? Are First we? First of all, Mac, I need you to put the spoon down because this shit stirring that you're doing, I'm not. <laughs> I'd really like to take that spoon and just whop yeah. it in the face. Heather, Heather was right there. Todd Bowles, uh, he came up with a great game plan, completely disrupted that that very potent can see offense. Um, and and Andy Reid's staff was not able to, you know, either on the offensive or defensive side of the ball was not able to make the proper adjustments to make that game competitive. Um, and number 12 so, and number 87, uh, both uh, got yet another Super Bowl ring. 
So are we ready to talk about Andy Reid's biggest mistake of the week? I swear to God, what? I'm talking about Andy Reid's son. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty fucking. I am talking about Britt Reid, who had a couple of drinks in a uh, one day before the game. I don't have the day in front of me. Uh, Got behind the wheel of his car in a Super Bowl week. Why are you drinking? And I mean, why are you drinking and driving? Period. But biggest game of the year, maybe show a little more restraint than you do on any other day. Um, He's on. You you forgot to preface that he's on Andy Reid's staff. Yes, Um, he is on Andy Reid's staff. And now a five year old girl is in the hospital fighting for her life. Yeah. Oh, did the other one was the other one? okay? because last I saw it was just it was two. But Uh, I only know about the one. There there were two kids. It was was critically. Yeah, one was critically injured. And yeah, and that child's still in the hospital. Um, You know, I hate that that happened at all like dude especially now we have uber we have lyft yeah um you know i i'm sure he maybe even could have called his dad and been like yo pops i'm fucked up uh can you come get me um you know i'm more worried about you know the families you know the the people that were struck uh by dickhead you know like um you know hopefully that little girl is able to 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 survive her injuries and get back home and get back to being a little kid um, rather than having to deal with this kind of trauma. Um, but, you know, this is, you know, the, the NFL's gotten a lot better with players behaving badly, right? Like there's always going to be those guys that, that, that do misbehave and do break the law. Uh, but, you know, remember, you know, five, 10 years ago, that was a big thing. Like everybody's like, well, look at what these players are doing, you know, um, but a lot of these players are smarter now, right? Like they, they, they really are just like, dude, if we stay out, of, we can still have a good time and stay out of trouble. Um, and other than a couple like weed, you know, things for weed and, um, you know, and, and a couple other minor things, you know, a lot of these guys aren't. But then you have guys like Reed's son, uh, Jedrick Wills and, and Rashad Higgins for the Browns drag racing. Like the, these are these are actions that can get people killed, man. Um, and they should be beaten with a sock full of quarters. Um, and hopefully... Uh, you know, I want to say this, hopefully Andy Reid's kid can get treatment and get the help that he needs. Uh, but he also needs to be prosecuted to the fullest you know, extent of the law. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and I'm kind of disappointed that the Chiefs haven't really said a whole lot about this. Um, they kind of just suspended Britt Reid, and that was about as far as it went. Um, this is an organization that should be paying those bills. Yeah. Instead, again, there's a GoFundMe set up. Again, they're they're wrapping a nice big team blanket around it. Yeah. So I wasn't planning on talking about that this week, but uh, I. The opportunity presented itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is one thing like Goodell's made a big point of right like we we can't tolerate this well then don't right like yeah andy reed is a very well respected head coach and you know he's gonna do whatever he can for his son because that's what a parent does uh but at this point you have to separate the kid from the employee and the employee uh got drunk you know i'm not buying he only had a few drinks yeah the the official report was two to three we'll wait on toxicology yeah exactly um, yeah, but two to three of what? Yeah. yeah. And how how 
quickly and i mean there's a lot of factors but yeah yeah, exactly uh but you know that that employee struck a family uh resulting in multiple hospitalizations and one little girl fighting for her life so yeah yeah, it's it's beat him over the head with that book and prosecute him to the fullest extent of the law and pay the medical bills and And pay the medical yes absolutely that shouldn't even be up Uh you know that should already been done our so our hearts go out to I believe her name is Ariel, uh, the five year old girl who is fighting for her life. Um, oh, sweet girl! One our our last bit of news is our quick picks of the week are finally over. Oh God, what? Don't Just care. Get this over with. With, with with the end the end of the NFL season. Uh, in third place with a record of sixty and fifty nine. Finished Matt, about. Finished above 500. That's all that counts. With a record of 68 and 51 in second place, we have Heather. Mm-hmm. Three games behind showing. three games behind myself showing. in first place with 71 and 48. God, still hate your big stupid. The, the good news place. is it's the last you have to hear about the quick picks until really? next football season. Really? Because I feel like you're just going to keep bringing that statistic up for like the remainder of our friendship. So, I mean, the, 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 the imaginary trophy gets put back up for grabs next season. We should just, just break down and get a trophy. We really should. We yeah. really should just uh, you know take what? a few dollars to the trophy <laughs> house and just have them do one. No, us. fuck that. I'm gonna go get one of those like uh uh WWE championship belts from do not Target. and do then not. that's that will be our that'll be our uh our trophy. Whoever I have has enough of those belts oh, in my Tim. house. Okay. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh. Our Listeners, fans can't see it. Uh, he everybody, he just changed his name on our on our screens to Tim Quick Picks Champ. Um wow. uh, I'm going to hit him with a sock full of quarters next time I see him in person. So mm-hmm. um, it's a good thing you're going to be taking sabbatical here soon, Tim. Yes, give we are him, quickly approaching. Me, we're, we are quickly approaching the uh, the little hiatus that I'm going to be taking as I welcome Riley into the world uh, sometime in the month of March uh, with uh, uh, assuming everything goes smoothly, which it will. Yes, um, it will. Yeah. Month month yeah. of March. I will probably be back. Uh, I have been granted preliminary permission to participate in a draft show. Um, that's that's my wife on this side of raising the kid, mm. giving permission. We'll see about the other side. Listen, um, yeah, just wait until the exhaustion kicks right. in. That, that, and, that and Riley can co-host too. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You guys are my number one fan. Number one fan. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, James will be filling in for me, uh, I believe, is the plan. And, you know, we're just counting down the weeks. Yeah. And then we'll then we'll have a fourth who eats shits, farts and sleeps. You know, that's that's the that's the life we should all be shooting for. Are you talking about me or my son? Your kiddo. Both. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We're talking about both. It's both. Yeah. We're but that'll do. That. 
That'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, drop us a review. We would love to read it. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face. Marital Tiffs and Dead Girls Talking. For Heather and Mac, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Bye, everybody. Bye. And also, too, just to let you guys know that someone in this house got punched in the face by a dog, but I'm not going to say who. And you, I'll just let you figure that out, who, who that happened to. So <laughs> have a good week. Bye. Bye.